0: You are listening to Prove Text, a Glossa House podcast exploring scripture with Dr. T. Michael W. Halcombe and Dr. Frederick J. Long. Welcome and enjoy. Hello, welcome to Prove Text. I'm Fred Long and I'm with Michael Halcom. And Prove Text is a podcast dedicated to talking about the Bible and truth and theology. And we have been talking about different things, including prayer most recently and we're going to turn now to talk about God's will. And uh, Michael, how are you doing?
1: i um, pretty good. I uh, got me a, a new microphone. So testing that out, hoping it uh, provides some better sound quality for our listeners out there. Um, yeah, I'm doing all right. You doing well?
0: Yes. Yes, I am. I'm enjoying the spring weather right now and warmer weather, and I've been catching some big fish, so that's been fun for me. Oh, nice. All right. Yeah, so God's will. Uh, why, um, why are we interested to talk about this? Where are you interested?
1: Yeah, um, I think, so teaching at a Bible college and seminary, um, I've seen lots of students uh, just mentally sort of tortured by the notion of God's will. Uh, Some, some coming from the perspective of, you know, I just have to find out what God's will is for my life. And it's this one thing and I got to do it. And if I, if I sort of miss the boat, then that's it. And there's this sort of like theological trauma and psychological torture and you, you, you can encounter some of that in the church as well, um, but having just done a, a season uh, on prayer, I think it's intimately connected to the notion of God's will, and yeah, so I, for me, I think it's, it, it makes a lot of sense to talk about God's will, but what about you?
0: Yeah, to me, it's some, it's kind of like the elephant in the room. We, um, we, we kind of have an understanding that we should be concerned about God's will generally, but I don't know that we talk about it very much or really define it. It's, right. it's a bit, it's a bit amorphous. Uh, like you say, people might get anxious. Students might get anxious about it in terms of calling or what should I do? And then there's a lot of decision-making that has to take place, like when they're getting ready to graduate, where should we go? What should I do? Where should I apply? This kind of thing. And so there's anxiety. And, and so I, in my thinking about it, um, people get distracted by those kind of more pragmatic issues yeah. of like work and jobs and going this or that place. And then they miss out on the more fundamental aspects of God's will, which which I think is uh, our ethical, moral, spiritual formation into Christ-likeness.
1: Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I think for a lot of people, it can be super paralyzing. I think there's also a perhaps a conflation uh, between God's will and the, a calling, right? So I think... Uh, you know, that, yeah. that's an important point, too. So maybe, maybe the place to start is by defining our terms, you think?
0: I think so, yeah. We can look at some of the, the, the terms. in. Um, I'm prepared particularly for the Greek to look at some of the terms there. Um, the verb, one verb that conveys a sense of God's will is thelo. It's certainly not the only verb, but it's uh, an important one fellow and then there's a noun thelema thelema, and um, these convey a sense of you know to want or to will or to wish or to purpose and i think that's always interesting that it's not always simply to will as in like make things happen like by force of god's want willing it onto others but actually can also carry the sense of wanting
1: yeah i i like the word desire i think that's a another yeah. sort
0: of well then there's thing. words for desire like epithemeo and epithemia which have to do with desiring and not always positively but but often negatively yeah
1: right yeah so uh <clears throat> in thinking about uh those terms to to will or want or desire or or whatever um where when when you hear someone speaking about god's will or when it when it comes up in scripture is that sort of the extent of of how you would explain it or define it um i i would assume that sort of just a one-word gloss would not be the the stopping point where where would you where would you sort of go next? What would be your next step?
0: Well, talking to students, I, I think they, they want to know what God's will is for their life in the sense of, like, what should I do in terms of career? Maybe that gets into calling. But I think uh, what I would point people to is that God's will is, is moral and formative. And they want to attend to God's will at a career level while neglecting uh, God's will at a moral, formative level. And in fact, I think unless you take care of the moral formative, you're maybe not in a position to think about career or even vocational. Like a more persistent, daily, needful submission to God's will is in that formative, moral repentance, um, aspect of God's will, you know, so broadly we could say that God's will is that, well, he says, uh, Paul says, so God wants or wills all people to be saved. Okay. That's first Timothy two, four, God wants all people to be saved. And this has tremendous implications immediately because, uh, if God wants all people to be saved, then how can there be double predestination? You know, God <laughs> damning people and and uh, making others to be saved, you know. To me, that's a that's a non-starter. Uh, you know, when you have a verse like that, that that clearly indicates that he's wanting all people to be saved, but that begs the question: What does it mean to be saved? Oh yeah, and okay. you know, that's a part of God's will. Obviously, like a primary part of God's will is to save us. Um, I think. Prior to that, I think God's will is to share life with others. I think, even most fundamental with that, like, why did God in the Godhead of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, why did He even bring things into existence? And I'd have to say that most fundamentally, God is wanting to share life and love. Yeah. And then there was this fall and then in light of that fall, then there's the need for, for saving. And yeah. of course we can get into the weeds, you know, what, how has God saved us in what way, what's his manner, what's his plan for saving us. And then we can get, you know, in, in particulars. So I, so I don't know what your thoughts are on that, that he wants yeah, to share well, life and love yeah. and then to save us after we've fallen.
1: Well, it sounds to me like you've picked up on, on sort of two aspects of God's will. You've mentioned the, the salvific aspect, and then yeah. you've mentioned—I don't know how how you would label this—but it sounds to me like a, a moral aspect of God's will. That's what um,
0: I put that within the saving, honestly.
1: Okay, so a salvific moral aspect of God's yes. will. Um yeah. So for me, I, I knew we were going to kind of touch on this and I was, I was thinking about this, uh, last night, like, how would I, how would I define this? Um, so like, I feel like there are several, several things I would need to say to this, to sort of work my way up to explaining what, what I mean by God's will. And the first one that I always say is that I, um, I think there's a difference between human will and God's will. Sure. And yeah. I think that's a, a a very important component. And so, like, in our Wesleyan Arminian circles, for example, we often talk about uh, humans have free will. And this is going to sound really odd at first, but I would not say that. Um, I would, in fact, suggest that god is the only being in the entire universe with free will and by that i mean that he's the only being in the universe that can will something to happen and it just does yeah like you and i can't just want or will something you know in our spirits to happen and boom it just does right god can do that so i would say god is the only free will being but we have the freedom of choice, right, and so then we could define what's freedom of choice, but um, and I, I guess I would say that the freedom of choice is the capacity to act meaningfully toward all creation, that would include creation itself, but other humans. Um, so what I'm thinking about the difference between God as free will being and me as a, a human with not a free will, but freedom of choice. I think that's an important distinction, and then it, it's sort of, if God's a free will being, that means he has a will, and then this gets to the question of what is God's will, and I think as I, I was sort of dwelling on this last night, I, I was thinking about three aspects of God's will, and um, I, I was wrestling with what to label these, but um, maybe we can talk about this for a minute. Maybe you have some pushback or, you know. Yeah, pushback. I wonder if you could hold
0: off on those. Okay. Um, just to push back right now. So God's, God has freedom of will. We have freedom of choice. But don't we also have free... Uh, don't, don't, aren't we also uh, self-determining? Uh, God has made us to be self-determining. In other words, we have exercise of will.
1: Oh, sure. We can totally exercise... Uh, Will, certainly. Um, I think that perhaps originates with a choice. uh, And that's where we get to the freedom of choice. I guess what I'm, my concern is uh, is not saying that we have free will. Self will, yes. Free will, no.
0: Yeah. So I would, I would, um, I would put, describe that from the perspective from sin sin constrains our wills um and so we actually need to have a freed will and i think by you know and the freed will allows us to be free agents once again prior to that we're under a slavery uh of sin um you know enslaved to passions and and desires that war against our souls um, that constrain us, that delimit our vision, delimit our possibilities. Um, mm. Yeah. Um, I would say
1: we just, when we become followers of Christ, we just move from one slavery to another. <laughs> so uh, apart from Christ, yeah, like you say, our, our, our will uh, is, our self-will is is rooted in sin and yeah i think we are constrained but turned in on itself. yeah when we follow follow jesus um we become a slave of christ and i would say the maybe that the whole goal of of salvation the whole goal of life is to do god's will um and so there's this kind of weird symbiosis maybe weird isn't the best word but right that that god is trying to rescue us from self-will i think that's what we're being saved from and to his will and yeah as we we become free agents as you describe it really what we're doing is is living to do his wills and have his will work out through us.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm somehow thinking I am feeling this is reductionistic.
1: No. Yeah, I, I all like, of
0: life is to do God's will. It is. But yeah. Well, except that he is given us tremendous freedom. But what the freedom right Christ is, has set you free?
1: The thing is that the freer you become, the more you realize that the only valuable thing in life really is to do what pleases him and to do what he wants.
0: Yes. Well, to align yourself (laughs) with God's goodness and justice and mercy, certainly. (laughs) Certainly. If
1: we had more Arminians in here, because I think what I'm saying would make uh, a lot of arminians uncomfortable i uh, it, it honestly makes me a little uncomfortable but um I, I think i can live live with it um and that it works yeah right. not
0: my will but your will be done i mean i guess you're in yeah. good company jesus submitting to god's will um
1: yeah what does he say though in matthew seven seven twenty one he right No one, uh, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord shall enter the kingdom, but only he that does the will of my father, which is in heaven.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a submission to the Lord's will. I, I guess I'm, um, I'm afraid of how often that will has been narrowly defined Yes in a that's way right. that is hurtful that's and, right so, and not yeah. does not does not align yeah. with god's will <laughs> i think properly understood for human flourishing exactly and, yes and yeah. love and and a pretty a pretty radical ability to to freely choose among good options yes. and to yes. be agents in the world for good and justice and and love and peace and mercy in the face of evil um, to act courageously and um, led by the spirit of God. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I, I agree with all that, but that's why I think defining the aspects of God's will at first is so important. And I, I think, I think I should do that because it will clarify a bit of where. Okay. See, so
0: see if these three things
1: yeah yeah okay, so, so. i was running through this with my wife last night and um she's just as wesleyan arminian as i am so she could ferret out you know anything but she thought it was um, you know made sense so here's so i would say that god's will god's will is the salvation of all through christ like that's at the heart of god's will the salvation of all through Jesus Christ. And that brings up what we were talking about a moment ago, A sure. great point that you made, well, saving, like, from what? But I would also say that there's a saving not just from what, but for what? For what? For yeah, yeah, exactly, right? So it's a clearly a saving from sin. Um, but I think we can be a little more specific than just saying saving from sin. Um, I would say... Actually, Christ Jesus came to save us from self-will, which I think is at sort of the core of sin in general. Maybe every sin.
0: Yeah. So, I don't, I, okay. Could, yeah. You, could you could you say selfish will? Sure, sure. Yeah. Okay. Because um, I, want, I want the self to be... The self is not inherently bad. Sure. And I don't yeah. think a self-willing and engaging yeah i like that no i like selfish will okay
1: i like that nuance that so he came to save us from selfish will yes right um i'm comfortable saying self-will but i like selfish will but then the converse of that is that if he came to save us save us from selfish will what did he come to save us for and i would say he jesus christ came to save us for the doing of god's will and so there's this sort of binary right this Uh, It's a very dualistic way of looking at it, but a a saving from and a saving for, and I'm getting to my point. Um, And so God's will is to have all creation cease from selfish will of their own doing and for the doing of God's will. Um, And so this is where I come to the three aspects now. I would say that there's a salvific aspect to God's will that there's a sustaining aspect to God's will and there's a sustained aspect. So the three S's, salvific, sustaining, sustained. And I I this I was struggling to stick a label onto these, but um, let me explain what I mean by these. And then, you know, maybe you'll, you'll have some more uh, nuance or pushback or whatever. Sure. So when I talk about that, the salvific, So there's this tripart tripart nature of God's will. So the salvific, if you go back to our prayer season, the way I thought about particularly uh, prayers of petition and intercession is that it's a cry for God's future perfect kingdom to come back and meet us in the present uh, so that whatever is happening right now will align with that. And so that's what I mean when I say salvific, that that it's being brought, uh, were being brought, or another person or creation itself is, is being brought into perfect alignment with God's future perfect kingdom. Um, and so it's for the, the doing of, of God's will right now, the making right now look more like that future perfect kingdom. That's what I mean when I say the salvific aspect. Now, when I talk about the sustaining I might even call it a, a creative, I don't know, but the sustaining aspect, this is the second aspect of God's will. And then the sustained aspect of God's will. Yeah, so what's
0: the sustaining?
1: Yeah, so what I mean is that um, the sustaining, uh, that ing there is an important ing, the sustaining is what God uh, desires personally, in any given situation. Um, And so like, as, as I woke up and prayed this morning, I, I prayed and, and I asked that, you know, the Holy Spirit would guide my day, and that God's will be done. So that's interesting. But what if I'm in a, a predicament, and I want to say, you know, I have to act And I say, God, your will be done. So it's a sort of happening real time right now, on the fly, genuine, authentic, like God's sustaining or creative, the aspect of God sustaining your creative will, whatever God desires personally, or might desire personally in a given situation. I got to admit, there are times that I was praying last week, and asking, asking like, Lord Jesus, how are you interceding about this? Spirit, how are you interceding about this? And how would you like me to pray about this? Would you give me the words to pray about this? And all I heard was, Michael, just keep praying. (laughs) You know, there was no specific sort of direction or word. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm seeking in a given moment, like, like God's, the sustaining aspect of God's will. And then there's the sustained aspect of God's will. And this is what I would say. God has set in motion long ago, like laws, like natural laws, and uh, just any sort of uh, fixed causes and their outcomes. And so this is this is the sustained. It's there. It's stuck. It's set in place. So we have salvific, sustaining, and sustained. And here's what here's where I'm going with this spread. I think that a child dying. You mentioned these, these hurtful, you know, things where if like a child dies and a Christian might come back, well, with something like, oh, everything happens for a reason or, oh, that was God's will. Yeah, I agree. It's super hurtful. um, But I think there's a problem and maybe you can correct me or help me on this, or I'm really eager to hear your thoughts. Um, And so Here's what I think. A child dying is not God's salvific will. It's not God's sustaining will. But there could be a sense in which it is God's sustained will. So the the child, you know, choke on something and lose oxygen and died. Well, we know that if you, you know, just by law, that if you can't breathe anymore, you're going to die. And so could we say, could we say something like, no, it wasn't God's sustaining or salvific will that that happened, but there is a sense in which which it is God's sustained will, Um, and so I think the problem is when we conflate these, these aspects of God's will rather than parse them out, so we conflate and then confuse them, and then we misspeak about God and God's will, so this was a long way to get to my point, but for me and in my mind, it it works out. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm eager to hear your your thoughts on that.
0: Well, I think it's helpful. Um, yeah, I like I like. It. I think I would give different titles to them.
1: Yeah, that's I really wrestled with that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay, so I break down God's will in terms of creational. Yep.
1: So I have creative. What,
0: what yeah. did he what did he originally want and intend?
1: Okay. And I
0: think it's helpful to think of those, and I've already explained that in terms of mm-hmm. life and love and relationship. Like he's creating created us for those. That's what he wants wants ultimately. Then you have a consequential will. Yeah. I think that might be your sustained. Yes. To your in other words, there are in light of uh, Self will, selfish will, acted upon. A, in contrast to God's will, there has been established consequential wills uh, of consequences, and and part of the consequences currently under a, um, under the enactment of selfish will that we all participate in. There are certain structures in place about the nature of the universe, moral and death, sickness, these kinds of things, Um, pain, suffering, which, you know, pain tells us that something is wrong. Like, as painful as pain is, as we might not, there want to be pain and things to be painful, uh, the the reason that pain is helpful is that it tells us that something is wrong. And death is even telling us something is wrong. Like the fact that there is death in the world indicates that there has been a consequence. And so God has laid forth his consequential will where he's, he's told us that certain things will result yeah. if, if it's not followed. And so this, this consequential will is everyone faces it. Even Jesus faced it, especially Jesus faced it. And then, so you have creational will, consequential will, and then I would say you have salvific will.
1: Okay, so we're on the same page very much. Just I think so.
0: Yeah, I think I would so,
1: just, say, just Yeah, originally I had used the terms creative, created, and salvific. Um, so okay. we're, we're pretty close.
0: Yeah, we're really close. And under salvation, salvific will, I mean, man, we can get into the weeds there, like how and why he's done things. Um, I think there is a moral formative will, there is a situational will, and that might, I think that would do, that would, might be a a different name for your sustaining will. I Mm -hmm. I call it situational in terms of like, what should I do, and given this circumstance, in my day-to-day interacting, praying for, for right response, or maybe seeking someone out, uh, maybe he says, go talk to that person or go text this person or whatever. And I have a chance to respond to that. So if I'm listening to the spirit, there can be nudgings and encouragements to act in certain ways For in certain sure. circumstances. And that's pretty personal, too. Yeah. I'd say it's very personal, very mm-hmm. individual. But see, the moral formative is kind of like more general. Then you have situational. And then we also have vocational. So I do think that. There are giftings and purposes that God has for individuals, kind of graces given, and, and that we can, we can um, respond to that and act in our free agency uh, to, to align ourselves with God's. And so then through our vocational calling, we then align ourselves with God's salvific willing and purposes and right now i mean one of the big things is that he's given us jesus who is who is left behind a community of believers and followers yeah. uh, called the church and this church is is the is represents god's wisdom to be reveal god's wisdom on earth and so that that's a pretty high calling the church has to follow but i mean it's it's the enclave of god's people um it represents one part of God's kingdom. You know, people who are supposed to be working together, submitted to Christ as our political head, the head of the body, and we are carrying out his mission. And of course, Jesus is at God's right hand, giving us directions. He's our coach, he's our brother, he's our Lord, uh, and he has a direction um, to, for us to, to preach the gospel to the world to all the nations yeah yeah yeah. so So that's how i would break it down creational consequential salvific salvific has a lot of moving parts
1: yeah yeah well i use the term creative created Mm -hmm. salvific um sustaining and creative i mean the same thing so that to me gets at a lot of the the personal and situational and i call it sustaining because i feel like that's what uh, is renewing within every moment or in every situation and sustaining yeah. us and carrying us yeah. through. I also like the idea of it being God's creative will that He He is acting in real time, authentically and genuinely.
0: Yeah,
1: it is somewhat different than His created or sustained will, which is sort of just fixed and. Uh, keeps the world moving in, in a way that it, it should be holding all things together right like um, but yeah I yeah so I, I would maybe even I would put vocational probably under that creative or sustaining aspect of God's will. Um, moral, I think that could maybe float for me in in both under God's creative and, uh created will i mean i think we're getting in a sense new moral kinds of situations things we've never had to deal with before but mm-hmm. perhaps it is perhaps it it does just fall within the created i don't know i'd have to think more about that but
0: well i think i mean i think the uh you know his creational like what he intended we're in some sense we're trying to return to that although it, it's more complex because of the the complexity of sin like currently salvation for us is in the midst of a broken world and it really calls forth I think a lot of courage a lot of courage and yeah. uh, uh, to to uh, to engage in ways that you know if you think about an unfallen world we may not have needed to engage in yeah. um, and 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 we can ask, well, why, why did God choose to save us this way? And I think, I think there's a propensity that we just want God to do his will. Like, Lord, make it happen. Um, you do it. You do these things. And he's come down to us, looked us in the face, loved on us, confronted us, and said, no, you do it.
1: Yeah. Paul's <laughs> in say,
0: your court now.
1: I would maybe nuance that a little bit and just say... Sure. Not that he says just no, you do it, but uh, no, let's do, do it together. together. Let's yeah. do it together, sure. So that, that sort of synergism, um, which you know, now we are very far from the sort of monergist wow. Calvinists, but
0: yeah, I mean, I, of course we're doing it with him, but the, the problem, uh, the problem is, is that we so often um, are waiting in a sense, and sometimes we yeah. do need to wait. Obviously but I mean we we're almost frozen the frozen chosen we're, we're not active and he's called us to be more active and we have an escapist mentality and um, yeah yeah that's yeah. not helpful not helpful
1: yeah well um, let's just take a, a short break here and uh, hear a word from our sponsor uh, Glosa house and then we'll We'll come back and talk a little bit more on God's will. And uh, yeah, we hope you're enjoying this so far. But for now, listen to this word from our sponsor. Looking for creative ways to launch your biblical language studies to the next level? We here at Glosa House create resources with you in mind. We've created a stock of innovative and cutting edge audio, video, digital, and print resources to help you reach your language goals. Visit glosahouse.com to find what you've been looking for. Glosa House, language resources for the global community. All right, well, uh, welcome back to this episode where we're talking about God's will. Um, I think we've made some, some good inroads here. Um, Fred, let's, let's talk for a second about um, maybe we can do a couple things here. I want to, I do want to talk about the difference perhaps between calling and God's will. I think those are errantly conflated sometimes, but then maybe just if we have time or desire or whatever, some of the, the contours of God's will in scripture um uh we, we've kind of started touching on that with our you know talking about the aspects of god's will but uh, do you have any thoughts uh on on the relation of calling to god's will are they related what 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 is the nature of calling how would you yeah. talk about this to to someone who's wrestling with is god calling me to this or that or here or there or whatever
0: yeah i think that's a really good question. Calling. Uh, The Greek verb for calling is kaleo, and if you look under its meanings, the meanings include invite, so invitation. I think calling is God's invitation to participate with him in a special area of work, of Mm -hmm. working, and work is actually a good thing. Humans are made to work. Uh, It dignifies us. It can satisfy us, and one of the consequences of the rebellion against God, one of God's consequential wills, is that, that our work would be frustrated. <laughs> and this, this actually may sound like a very punitive thing, but if you understand that humans have a propensity to selfish will, and of course that's going to infect our work, Mm-hmm. that is probably a very good thing that uh, our work is frustrated because I mean, it's great... going to remind us that we need to continually align ourselves, repent, continually repent and align ourselves with God's will and yeah. to to yeah. see all of all that we're doing, all of the work that we're doing in light of what God has done yeah so I think, um, so, so a calling, when God calls someone, he's really calling them to participate with him in mm. kingdom work, uh, to, to return to maybe some of the creational goals of, of um, free freedom and life and love. You know, freedom from sin um, and freedom for goodness mm. and benefit for the sake of others and, and beauty. Um, you know, so that when we, when a human is doing what God wants us to do, when humans are doing what God wants us to do, it's a beautiful thing. It's in fact, I'd even say it's glorious. Glorious is when something is done according to its nature. Like when it's acting according to what it was intended, that is a very glorious thing. And we give God the most glory when we freely choose to participate with Him and align ourselves with Him, that is very glorious.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I'd mentioned in one of our previous episodes that great Thomas Merton bit where he says, you know, a tree glorifies God most by being a tree. If it tried to be something else, it would cease to glorify God. And yeah, I love that. Um, Yeah,
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it really just... I mean, so this calling thing, sorry to cut you off there. This calling thing is very, it's, it's personal. Um, and I think, you know, the world, you know, the world tries to force us to do, to be certain things that we're not right. So we're tempted to magnify ourselves or, you know, there's appeals made to our super ego in which we're attempting to be and do something that we're not like we're forcing it. Right. And, you know, I think, you know, Jesus says, my yoke is easy. Yeah. Well, how is it easy? Just be yourself. <laughs> you don't have to be anything else. And I think, I think God's will, his salvific will for us is for us to be simply who we are, to be loved as we are. We don't have to perform. We don't have to do anything. We can just be. And, and we need to come into that relationship and be loved. And we're called into that, and so we can glorify God by being comfortable with ourselves. By um, while while we repent of evil, obviously stop you know stop and sin no more. But but to be affirmed and to maybe even enjoy ourselves. And as we enjoy ourselves, guess what? We're going to be able to enjoy others, and laugh, and and have fun, and play, and sing, and uh, do significant things together. Help those in need, uh, reprove the ruthless, defend the widow, and um, seek justice for the orphan.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, I would say you know people get often preoccupied with when, when they're thinking about call, uh, uh, with doing. Okay, I and I, mm-hmm. I think doing is is a lower level. <laughs> Of calling, if we think of like calling is as tiered, like on with tears, not T E A R S, but T I E R S, like, and so I I would maybe counsel a a parishioner or student wrestling with God's call by saying, you know, like um, above above all, our call isn't to do. Um, Above all, our call is to God. that and that it's to him like that it that in and of itself shades every other aspect of the lower levels of of call and so even before a vocation that we're called to we're first called to him and i think this is a a really important point are you are you committed to him because if you're not committed to him then none of that other stuff's gonna fall into place
0: yeah so, that's helpful I'm
1: first of all calling
0: calling to him yeah I, I think it's I think yeah. of mark 3:14 I know you know that verse really well like he he appointed the twelve mm-hmm. whom he named apostles yeah. in order that they would be with him
1: yeah exactly and in
0: order that they would, he'd send them out to preach so to send them out to preach is the doing but there's a being part first being that precedes precedes. a being and by being so you have being uh willing doing and saying i think those are probably you know we could break things down that way um but the being is really relating Relate, you yeah. know, relate, relating, being with him, relating with him. And so what you're saying is that the first step before doing is, is relating to God, I think. Right. Like choosing yeah, yeah. to be in relation to God and God's will.
1: Well, like you said, our, our, our vocation can be frustrated. And I think I love how you brought out the positive aspect of that. Cause if it weren't, it would become an idol essentially. Yes. Um, and, yeah. and so that's why there's a call first to Jesus, right? Uh, yeah. And then that, that shades uh, everything else. I, there's this great line, one of my just favorite quotes uh, from Frederick Buechner. Um, some people say Buechner, I think it's Buechner, but he says, he de- the way he defines vocation, it's the best definition of vocation I've ever ever come come across he defines vocation as the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet yeah oh it's so good that's so good the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet assuming of course that the deep gladness you have in you is not uh, has not originated with you but that it's the a gladness that that God has put in you. And so this deep gladness that God has put in you and where the world's hunger meet. I love that.
0: Yeah, it's very helpful. I, I, I like that a lot. Um, so so calling then, so God calls. So do you agree with this idea that it's invi- an invitation?
1: Yeah, I think so, for sure. And yeah. I would just say, first and foremost, it's an invitation to God himself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then once that's in place, you know the the ability to do uh, follows.
0: Yeah, to do and doing can be willing, acting, speaking.
1: Yeah, you know,
0: yeah, kinds of things and relating, obviously relating to others. Um, yeah. So this idea of calling to to God. The one thing I was going to mention um, is that god doesn't force himself on us for sure and and i i think that's important for us to think about when we think about god's will i think sometimes we think of god as forcing you know god, god's will is forced upon us um you may be when we think about god's consequential will uh we we have to remember that that we've we've forced things on ourselves You know we bring things upon ourselves, and and to to our world as a whole, there there is there is terribleness in it that we all are responsible for. Now we we abdicate responsibility a lot. We (laughs) we point the finger. We say it's other people's faults. I do think it's hard though for us to To swallow the pill, I think it's a hard pill to swallow. Some of the consequential will, like because we, like we weren't in the garden, we didn't reject this or that. Um, And 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 little children, you know, when they when they experience the consequences of of our corporate fallenness, uh, that's a hard pill to swallow. When we see little. Thing you know, little uh, children suffer from that, and even animals. You know, to, the animals suffer the way they do. Just I watched something recently. Christine and I watched something, um, Seaspiracy, mm. which is about um, what's happening in our oceans. And yeah. you know, I'm assuming that it's mostly correct, or you know, even half half correct. I don't know these. You have to like, you know, it's so hard today to discern like what is true, what is truth, right. because. Right. Things are presented. But so I everything's
1: think everything's so politicized, right? So, so it's politicized. To, uh, yeah.
0: But apparently, you know, like oh, uh, most, like 40, 40% of the plastics in the ocean, you know, there's those big piles yeah. of plastic stuff, yeah. is fishing nets. It's like fishing, sure. gear, yeah. fishing gear, line, and nets. And all then all you
1: gotta do guy, is walk around on a beach on Oahu and you're bound to find some fishing net.
0: Well, it's staggering. And so when you when you watch this whole thing, you're like, holy cow, there is there is so much hurting being done, like damage, like a lot of dolphins and whales and like innocent, you know, creatures. This is not just harvesting for food, but there's just a lot of waste, wasteful killing yeah. of, of animals. Um, it, it's really, I mean, it, it's, I watched that, I said, I'm not going to eat any more seafood. I'm going to catch my own fish and eat it because it is so, there's so much waste associated with it. Anyway, when you think of the damage and the hurt done to creation, I mean, it's just, it's saddening. It's saddening. And anyway, it's, it's a hard pill to swallow really.
1: Um, And that's why I think the creation itself is, is, is involved in salvation uh, that, that salvation reaches beyond the person, right? The human. Yeah. And is inclusive of all of creation. I think, you know, like in the short history of evangelicalism, particularly in the United States, boy, that's really been lost on us, you know? Yeah.
0: We're trying to recover it now. Creation yeah. here. Exactly. I, it was a very deliberate step in my instep with God's word, thinking through like application points. You know what does this text tell us about God? What does this text tell us about human beings? What does this text tell us about the relationship between God and human beings? Um, I added what does this text tell us about creation yeah. and the care yeah. of creation? Like I added those questions because we just have to think we have to think about these things.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm I think
0: in Romans eight, right? The creations groaning, awaiting the revelation of the sons right. of God.
1: That's right. Uh, yeah.
0: And it was subjected to decay you know subjected so it's another thing is is with our salvation
1: that's another thing that's been so politicized right so that there's been this thing in evangelicalism where if you talk about caring for the land or the oceans or you know animals that you you're kind of looked at from some quarters as as like a, a a hippie i mean i'm a vegan right so people like I talk about caring for for the land and the ocean, and uh, part of the reason, you know, one of the benefits of being a vegan is we're not contributing to animal slaughter, and you know that that sort of thing. But this isn't, mm-hmm. in, in my opinion, this isn't a, a hippie thing or a liberal thing. This is a Christian thing, and <clears throat> yeah. Christians should be leading the way on creation care. I'm not saying every Christian needs to be a vegan, so I, I'm not saying that. Like. But yeah. I'm just saying in terms of creation care, like every Christian should be doing that. That's a part of God's salvific will, making yeah. we are to be preparing this place for Christ's return. And and to make it as far as is possible, you know, by us and in our, our abilities and capabilities to make it more like God's future perfect kingdom. Um, and so, his,
0: yeah, his will be done on earth as yes. it is in heaven. Exactly. Yeah. So you think we're preparing this world for Jesus.
1: Yeah, I think so. For his return, I think that's a huge part of the Christian task is preparation. Uh, and it's not a begrudging preparation. It's an yeah. invitation to use the word. We are we've been invited. Like we get to participate in doing this. We're the stewards of this wonderful gift that God has given us. And yeah. and boy, that that's that's a high calling
0: <laughs> it is uh boy we there's so much to talk about and we're just getting started i mean i'd like to really hunker down into some texts as well of course we we yeah. we, we will be doing that um you know just i'm i'm thinking one of my students right now is working on um passage in second peter talking about the burning up of the heavens and the burning up of the earth yeah and so I'm thinking. Well, if that's the case, then why should we care so much? Yeah. Um, it does say the earth and its deeds will be found,
1: yeah. even after
0: the burning. But anyway. Um,
1: yeah, that's like a refining. Yeah, you know? I mean that's how I've always understood that, rather than a destruction.
0: Well, except it it, it does say destruction, but we can come back to that point.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a great that's- passage. Yeah
0: yeah, that may be an aspect of God's consequential will. But there's passages like that that we can look at, you know, we can yeah. look at God's will at different time frames. And certainly one of them is end end time will, you know, what is God going to be doing in the end? What What is revealed? And, and how should we act uh, now, which is yeah. the point of that passage as well, like how what kind of people should we be? So, uh, well, Michael, yeah. um, thanks so much for uh, sharing your template, I I agree with that. Uh, creational, consequential, salvific—you call it sustaining and s- uh, sustained. Well, um, do you have a parting thought for us as we conclude? Yeah, just
1: just today? real simple, nothing groundbreaking. But I just I saw this posted somewhere some time ago, and I uh, thought, ah, oh, that's kind of interesting. Uh, it says, don't fear failure fear being in the exact same place next year you are today
0: Mm. all right well thank you well thank you for listening to this episode of Proved text and we hope to hear uh, from you any comments or questions or any any directions uh any any things you want us to consider we hope to have you listen to us next time take care
1: take care